welcome, welcome back to part two of this two-part episode where we talk about our journey conducting international disability inclusive research. In part one, we talked about the research studies that we've carried out with the Pearl project. And again, there is so much more that we've done, but we use that opportunity to highlight a couple of studies. And if you have not yet listened to part one, this might be a good time to pause this episode and go check it out as it will give you a bit more context for this second part. As always, transcripts and other resources can be found in our podcast show notes. That being said, let's get to it. Uh, so we've talked about uh, the digital divide uh, and its impact, or at least how it's, it was showcased or it is showcased in our work. Uh, we also talked about like some of the strategies or recommendations that were made or are currently being made, like giving extra time, extra resources um, for learning and just more opportunities. So I want us to talk about those strategies now. As people who've done a lot of coordination, and that's, and that's for the both of you in this work, I'm sure you need it at so many points in time to really think about how to do this work well or how to do it right, because there's there's no one way. So I'd like to know what were some of the strategies that were used in the project to not just to, to both learn about how to do inclusive research, but also to be more inclusive in this type of collaborative uh, international research work? Mm -hmm. I'll start with a couple and then I'm sure Julius can can come in. Um, Right from the very beginning, we thought about the platforms and the applications, the technologies that, that we would use and what criteria we would use to make our decisions. Sometimes people just like automatically say, oh, we'll use a particular one because that's what is available in their workplace. Um, But we really wanted to be conscious about that, about what would be including people, what would be excluding people, what would be accessible in a number of different ways. So we thought about the criteria. We actually set up a whole spreadsheet for tracking the discussions and the decisions made for all the different categories of applications that we might need. So creating a a document, creating um, communication. Um, You know, there were different ways of managing data. And especially in the first year of the project, we used that, that document a lot for people who were in the project and coming into the project so they could see why we made the decisions that we made, that we didn't just automatically choose uh, one application over another without actually interrogating (laughs) why we were doing it. Uh, We examined the assumptions. Um, And not everybody on the team really cared about going through that process, but I think it was a really important process and there were people who cared deeply about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned that from the beginning, we used a participatory research uh, approach, and that meant that everybody had the opportunity, everybody, especially in the core research team, um, had the opportunity to um, be involved in every step of the process. So what kind of survey, what questions, how would the survey be shared? Um, And it took a little bit longer to do that. 
but it was a really important part of the process as well. Um, the third thing that I'll, I'll say is that as new people joined, because we did have several people join over the course of the project, the questions that people asked were really helpful um, and helped us to um, articulate and sometimes set up explanations. So for example, we because people were coming in after the big research proposal was made, we actually set up a simplified research diagram to show people the four phases of the project and the 10 steps within the research process um, that we were using. And so having that diagram has helped us to really orient people to where are we at in the process and what are we trying to do as we move through the process. Uh, thank you, Lean. Uh, Julius, do you have other strategies that you wanted to add to that? Yeah, so I just wanted to say a bit like when um, Lynn mentioned about the process, there were several stages that were involved in it. We were together with all of the, the members that were involved. Uh, people who were, you know, they were, we needed to include everyone, people living with disabilities. They were part of the process from the beginning. Then we also had uh, researchers who were experienced, who were living with disabilities, and also community members uh, with disabilities that were involved right from the beginning as we were uh, planning and we moved on. Um, so this also re really helped us to be able to define the, the research question. And later on, when we went on and started reviewing literature uh, in, and in the groups, the writing groups and the data analysis. So that was very, very uh, important. So um, from the get-go, then we got everybody involved in that, you know, the planning. And after we had done all of this, we started then, uh, actually designing the study. Uh, for instance, we had mentioned earlier on about the, the survey that we, we developed. So it was a process, like the questions, uh, what questions do we need to include? Um, have there been other surveys uh, that, have, um, that are similar to this? So all those things, as well as what tool we would use to implement it. So uh, we had to review things to make sure that were, the platforms were accessible and this was you know, an involvement of everyone from the get-go. And finally, in, in its implementation as well, and, and moving on to the uh, data analysis and, and, and the writing. But um, I, I just want to also highlight that as part of that process, when we talked about the data analysis and, and writing groups, uh, we, we had a process where, you know, uh, Lynn had mentioned about you know, involving everyone. And, and Leslie also said like, uh, the research process, sometimes we have different definitions of it and who can be involved and who can't be involved. Um, so as part of this Pearl project, we had people who have never been researchers who became involved. And at the beginning, some people found it maybe a daunting task to review literature to, you know, so what we did at the level of the groups was to, you know, um, distribute certain uh, papers that we had identified that were related to the group uh, topics. And we asked people to read through and then to provide summaries. So that is how we started off the literature review. So people could come in and submit their summaries in, in the form of audio through WhatsApp, or they could just simply type in their text or contribute through the Google Docs. So that was giving people numerous opportunities and different ways of uh, providing their, their contributions. And the fact that we also had 
smaller groups, data analysis groups, which were smaller, and encouraged people to participate. There are some people who will not have uh, maybe participated in a larger group, but felt more comfortable at the level of these smaller groups to you know, contribute to, to the Pearl project. So this was, I, I think, some of those uh, strategies that we used that got people involved and that also helped us to be successful in achieving some of those objectives that we had already defined. Mm -hmm. Okay, so so I heard uh, planning ahead of time, <laughs> lots of planning, um, involvement from the beginning and in every step of the way, uh, learning as we go, uh, lots, lots, lots of documentation and summaries, uh, use, using many different communication formats or formats for doing work and as well as working in smaller groups. So those are some of the strategies that not only is I here, but those are things that I'm familiar with because those were also super helpful in my own experience because uh, I remember the document Lynn is actually referring to and having those things can also be super helpful um, at later stages when someone comes in and uh, just to give them an understanding of what's happening or as Lynn said, why we are doing what we are doing. So thanks a lot for, uh, for sharing those strategies. And I do hope people actually, uh, you know, consider implementing those because I know in my experience, um, those were very helpful um, navigating the project and working, especially in the type, working in this type of very big uh, teams as well. We are getting close to the end and uh, I'll just like us to finish up with this with this question about, uh, which is very much like a reflection, if I can put it that way. So I'd like to know from um, each of you, and I think I'll also give my own answer at the end, but like, I would like to know how has being involved in this project changed your understanding of how to do international participatory research or how to work in this type of um, uh, communities of practice? Well, I'll start. Um, in a previous podcast, uh, Dr. Deborah Seenstra and Bonnie Brayton and Tammy Yates Rajaduri talk in, in discussing their work, they talked a lot about the importance of having open hearts. And I think that was really important in the Pearl Project that has been important and continues to be important. All of us on the team at one time or another really needed to hear that our colleagues had an open heart <laughs> to hear the struggles that we were going through. Sometimes it was more public. Sometimes it was just, you know, somebody else on the team who could listen or to, who could who could maybe help do some problem solving. Um, but I think that's one of the things that that um, has been really important is balancing the process and the collegial nature of the work, but also balancing that with getting something done. And so um, having the understanding of how inequities actually work in, in the structures, um, I knew about that before we started this project. I've had previous experience, but that process of being constantly reflexive about where am I in this whole mix? What can we do? What can I do? What can we not do together? What can I not do, but maybe somebody else can do? Um, trying to talk that through and make it more visible so that 
the assumptions are not just assumptions that are in somebody's head. Um, that's been a huge, a huge learning, I think, for all of us. I think, you know, we recognize that that um, the world is not equitable, but we can still strive towards having more equitable process, that things can be better, that things can be more just. And this kind of work is really important and it does make a difference in, in the lives of so many people. And it's important for so many of the big issues that we're talking about these days for sustainability and, and climate change and just equity and so many things. I'll stop there. <laughs> um, as we, you know, we're, we're talking about Pearl, it's not just any international participatory research. It is disability inclusive. Uh, just like Lynn, I've been involved in um, accessibility for, for many years, specifically digital accessibility. And I've written a lot of publications um, around that. But my involvement in, in, in Pearl has actually um, helped improve my knowledge and understandings of, of accessibility in, in a different dimension. So for instance, um, we had most of our meetings on Zoom and it was during these sessions that I got to know that you know, using a Zoom chat while some people were, uh, while someone was presenting could affect a screen reader user. So we had to then adjust to the way we use it and make sure that people were not just typing in the chat when a presentation was going on because um, other uh, screen reader users might not be able to you know, get all the information that, that they needed. So that was something that was really um, important for us to know and, and uh, that has also helped a lot improve my knowledge on that. Another aspect of that was that although we had known about uh, training, uh, one of the things that I found towards that not to take for granted uh, uh, what type of trainings need to be provided. So I've, I've, I've been used to using uh, Google Docs with several groups and several individuals collaborating with them. And so I might just assume that other people could easily use it. But um, I, we found that in the process that we needed to you know, provide that technical support for some people. And sometimes it could be due to their, their connection issues. Maybe we had talked about the weak internet connection. So it could be as a result of that or the, um, because they don't have access to, some people don't have access to personal computers and they use their smartphones, then it could be quite challenging to use, uh, you know, to edit a document in Google Docs on your smartphone, even though smartphones are, are, are being used as alternatives. So it was very challenging. So the, the need to, provide um, training on how to use those. And again, going back to providing adequate time. So this uh, involvement within the smaller groups too was uh, very important because people could get that support um, in, in, to be able to contribute as, as they, they, they intended to. And, and finally, one of those things too that we, uh, we, we saw in the process was that, you know, when we, went into this process, we, we knew also that at the end, we would like to have some uh, publications. We would like to document the knowledge that we've obtained in this process. And one way to do that would be perhaps writing up uh, an article for a conference or a workshop or a journal. And that process is a process that could be very long and that takes a lot of time. 
So the process from beginning with a literature review, of course, analyzing the data and getting people to contribute in different ways, contributing to a shared Google Doc. So that was a process that, that took a lot of time. And uh, it's something that needs a lot of, uh, of patience because you know it's not something that you just rush over and you want to submit. So it takes a lot, a lot of time. And everyone then, not everybody might find that it is uh, a process that is easy um, as, you know, we just want things to, to be done and, and then finish as soon as possible. But that is something that takes a lot of time. Um, so there, there are different ways uh, that you know, people have contributed and all of this has actually enriched my knowledge and my understandings of how this international participatory research in a disability inclusive development context can be conducted. Wow, thank you, you too. It feels very difficult for me to now come after what you said because I feel like I also share very similar uh, learnings. You know, the need to the need to have open hearts, like Lynn was saying, and really reflect on the whole process and all the learnings, uh, understanding like the different inequalities that exist, but also I've learned so much just like Julius too. Like I've learned a lot about um, accessibility as well, and. And I've also learned how about how um, not so easy research is in terms of actually the amount of work that goes into writing a research article. So it's like the two of you are almost summarizing um, uh, like that that those learnings. But I feel like if I were to add maybe one or two things for me, another key learning was also um, really the importance of reminding myself to check my assumptions. And I feel like it's very similar to the training aspect uh, that Julius was talking about. So reminding myself that we do not all have the same access to a computer. We don't all have the same access to internet. So um, checking those assumptions and also being patient in the process, uh, given that we all, all don't have the same access to things. And also another big, big learning for me uh, or something, yes, what I've learned during this process is really the importance of um, exploring other ways of um, sharing research findings because personally I have been focused on knowledge translation and it has made me learn so much about other ways other than research articles which of course are very important but exploring other ways um, of um, sharing research findings like uh, podcasts in this case like we're doing right now or digital story storytelling and we've even used yeah arts as well we've even used verbatim theater so getting to learn about all those things and different ways of sharing research output have been such, such huge learnings for me as well. I think that's uh, all I had for today. But before concluding, I always like to ask if there's one more thing that you would like to share with us today before we end the episode. Leslie, I just want to thank you for all your work. Um, as you mentioned, you've done a tremendous amount of work about uh, knowledge translation and all the various arts-based um, knowledge translation strategies that we've used. Um, and hopefully that'll be included in other podcasts. So thank you. It's been a pleasure talking with you today. Uh, same for me too. <laughs> yes, I uh, just echo what Lynn uh, has said. And thank you so much, Leslie, for all the work. Um, you've done really great work with uh, this project. And I also wanted to um, say that the, the challenges that people faced related to power outages and, and uh, weak internet connection, um, I was really encouraged to see that despite all those challenges, there were people that were participating in the groups 
really regularly and making a lot of efforts to not miss any of the meetings and to try to contribute as much as they could. So that was very encouraging. Um, without without that, I don't think that would have been uh, this successful. So to really thank all of those who were involved in the data analysis and writing groups with for all the the support that we re we received from uh, the different members, uh, people that are within the network, either th uh, through reviewing the articles that were written, giving feedback, or different other means of uh, providing feedback. So that was really really um, great and helped us so much. So thank you very much. Thank you so much to all the members of the Pearl team and the Pearl Network and for all the great work that you've been doing for the past couple of years. That's it for today. Thanks a lot for being here and for joining us. It was uh, amazing to be here today. Thank you.